Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Down the blind, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and won. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. We put up a Q&A on our Instagram story yesterday and we're going to go through now and answer some of those questions. We'll answer some of them today and some of them tomorrow as well. So plenty of content coming your way. I hope you've been enjoying the transfers market. The huge episode we did on Monday with Bloke in a Bar went through uh, every single team. Some of them go for, you know, 20 minutes. Some of them go for three or four, just depending on uh, how many transfers they actually had. You look at the Cronulla Sharks, for example, they've literally signed no one. Uh, so that that one was a pretty short episode, whereas, you know, other teams like Canterbury, that went for quite some time. Uh, so, yeah, the, the very ranging uh, episodes there. But uh, as we pointed out throughout that episode, guys, uh, we aren't going through the entire squads and all that. All of that will come as we get close to the season. It is strictly just a transfer markets thing. But, uh, yeah, pretty cool thing to go through there. <clears throat> now, we're going to get stuck into the questions that have been sent in from you guys. In this episode, I'm going to go through six of them. Uh, So the first one comes from James Footy. Shout out to him. Uh, He's been a long-time listener and follow. Always appreciate your efforts, James. Uh, How do you personally find the off-season from a career standpoint? Really interesting uh, conversation point there. Uh, From Morgan Harris. Team from outside the top eight, you see giving the title a shake. That one comes from Morgan. Uh, from Macho Man Machin. Jesus Christ, that's a lot to take in, bro. Uh, Jacob Preston makes Blues squad this year. Jacob Preston from the Canterbury Bulldogs, an interesting talking point. The official Alex McManus says, what's one signing that would compete would complete Manly's backline? I think a centre like Tass. From Jack Forsyth, uh, thoughts on Corey Pakes being the answer to Paris 90 issues quality and only 23 years of age and our last one it comes from shan sono uh how do you how do how do compare panthers 2020 and bronx 2023 i think uh the question is how do we compare the bronx how do uh the bronx of 2023 compared to the panthers of 2020 uh obviously uh you know where they come from where they've ended up uh the end of that question is a young slash brash squad uh with grand final heartbreak so plenty to get stuck into there guys we're going to go through in that order as i said the first question comes from james footy how do you personally find the off season from a career standpoint uh i assume you mean from like mike 
career standpoint, mate, and I do enjoy the off-season. Uh, it is good to have a little bit of a break. As you guys know, on the podcast last few days, we've sort of just been using uh, the bloke in a bar content. Uh, it is sort of good to have a break, bit of a refresher. I've uh, been getting out a lot more the last few days and whatnot. I've actually uh, I've got some pretty big projects that I'm working on at the moment, uh, which you guys will see uh, come next season. So some very, very exciting things, some huge moves that I think you guys are going to really like. It is going to take all of our content and everything to another level, and it's going to produce a lot more content as well. So super, super exciting. We've got some very big things in the works, which is probably uh, why I'm enjoying this offseason so much, because I get to work on other stuff um, that is going to pay huge dividends next year. So we've got a few involvements with clubs coming up, um, and yeah, one major announcement, which I'm really, really looking forward to, and a couple of other little things that will slightly impact you guys, uh, things that you can choose to get involved with or not. So pretty exciting heading into next year, and mate, the offseason... Honestly, by the end of the NRL season, I am absolutely drained. I'm exhausted. Uh, you know, it, 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 I, I genuinely think I've got the best fucking job in the world. I wouldn't trade it for the world. Uh, but I do get to the end of the NRL season, and I am absolutely gassed. Uh, when you go, you know, 30-odd weeks in a row watching eight games of footy across the weekend, uh, and it's not so much eight games of footy where I am, you know, at barbecues or at the pub or half watching it or whatever. Sometimes I will do that, which means that I then donate my Sunday morning to re-watching those games and whatnot. Uh, but it is just good to have a bit of time to myself in the off-season, uh, regroup, start planning for next year, start sorting out all these other things I've been talking about, uh, and sort of catch up with mates, family, and whatnot. It's been a much bigger emphasis for me the last few weeks, a bit more balance. So it's been really good, thoroughly enjoying it. Uh, still love getting into Bloke on a Monday um, and going through all of our content there, uh, probably because I'm talking a little bit less during the week. I'm probably enjoying Mondays a little bit more at the moment because, uh, you know, I essentially get paid on a Monday to go and sit with mates and talk footy with Maddie Kempe, Hammond, um, and Timmy, when he's around, he's been travelling a bit the last few weeks. Timmy, haven't seen as much of him as what I usually would. Uh, but yeah, the off-season, it is very different. It's at a very different pace. Uh, but I think that I do need it sometimes because, uh, yeah, it can all get quite a bit during the regular NRL season. The internationals are on at the moment. Uh, last year was the World Cup, which was pretty hectic, uh, all at different hours and everything like that. So the NRL season went on for a little bit longer, uh, which also means the interest was there for longer as well. I can see, obviously, with podcast numbers and whatnot, interest has dropped a little bit in footy, which is completely fair. Like me, you guys all get uh, fatigue as well. NFL, cricket, uh, MMA, everything else comes along that sort of uh, gains your attention elsewhere. But, uh, you know, it is pretty evident also in my numbers still that there's a number of just NRL absolute fanatics like me that are listening to the Guru podcast uh, that just want to talk footy all the time, which is fucking fantastic to see. And I love and appreciate all you guys so much. Um, So, yeah, mate, the off-season... I thoroughly enjoy it, uh, but I think I'm probably two or three weeks away from probably being bored of it and wanting footy back uh, every single day again. So, yeah, it's all going well, though, mate. Enjoying it and some very big things coming your way that have been worked on during this offseason that you guys are going to absolutely love. Uh, The next one from Morgan Harris. Team from outside the top eight, you see giving the title a shake. Uh, Really interesting. Look, I I, I don't know whether it's boring or if people don't want to hear it. I'm not too sure, Uh, but I will be tipping the Penny Panthers to win the competition next year. Uh, I've tipped them the last two seasons. I just think that they are just their, their system is just unbelievable. I think the Broncos are the team that could really give them a shake. Uh, but at the moment, I still think the Panthers find a way to win next year. I think Nathan Cleary is just uh, doing something pretty fucking special at the moment that can't be ignored. Uh, but teams outside the eight, so the teams that missed the eight, the Rabbitohs, the Eels, the Cowboys, the Seagulls, the Dolphins, the Titans, the Bulldogs, the Dragons, the West Tigers. Uh, for me... The Bulldogs, the Dragons, the West Tigers, I don't see any of those three teams playing finals footy next year. 
every other team, I think, has the capabilities to play finals footy next season. So that's 14 sides to fit into eight spots. Uh, the Titans really excite me. I think they're a team that'll be a real smoky to finish in the top eight. I love that they've got Desi. I love some of their signings and whatnot. I think they're heading in the right direction, the Titans. Uh, but as far as title contenders next year, I don't think so. Dolphins, I think they're going to be right up there. I think Herbie's a fantastic signing. Tom Flegler's an unreal signing. I think Jake Avril is going to be really good. Similar to the Titans, I think they'll be fighting for top eight. Can they win a comp next year? Not in my opinion. Uh, they will have, you know, the Wayne Bennett, the Wayne Bennett farewell story next year. There's going to be a lot of emotion in that. I think the Dolphins are going to be hard to beat. I think Manly, if Turbo stays fit, as per usual, they'll be up there fighting for top eight. Can they win a comp? No, they can't, in my opinion. Uh, Cowboys and Parramatta, I sort of having the same boat. I think they can play good enough footy. Um, you know, from the Titans, Dolphins, Seagulls, Cowboys, Eels, I think all those teams can play good enough footy to make the top eight next year, uh, but I probably can't see any of those teams winning it. The one team from outside the eight that I think has probably got the best hope of winning the comp next year is probably South Sydney, uh, but they have got a lot to sort out off-field, obviously. Uh, but there is no doubt whatsoever that the South Sydney Rabbitohs, they have the squad to be able to win a comp next year. I think it just depends on how all the dominoes fall uh, in every other way. So the Rabbitohs are probably my team that I think can give um, the title a shake as far as actually win a competition. But I think the Titans and the Dolphins, they could be the big improvers next year as far as ladder positions. 13th and 14th, I think that they could jump up uh, into the top eight. So that's sort of how I see it playing out. But I do still think think it will be the same sort of teams competing for a premiership next year. Uh, and, you know, like oh, I know that this year we had the Warriors, we had the Knights, uh, at, you know, even the Storm uh, that people really enjoyed watching and people were, you know, saying, could they win a comp? Can they? And I, I just sort of, I never really felt like they were in that premiership contention sort of category, especially the Warriors and the Melbourne Storm. I, I was probably a little bit higher on the Newcastle Knights, to be honest with you, as we got to the back end of the season. Uh, so I think sort of Panthers, Broncos, I think the Roosters with that front row rotation, if just everyone stays fit, uh, I know we've said every single year and they underachieve every single year. Um, I had someone that commented on something the other day when I was talking about the Roosters and I, and I said that. I said, oh, you know, I know we say this every year and they underachieve and they sort of said, oh, yeah, you say that they're a lock-in for the eight every year and what's happened? And I actually went back and have a look. Like They haven't missed the top eight over the last few years. They haven't missed the eight since Guru existed, essentially. So as much as they've underachieved, they are still making finals footy. They won a finals game last year, the Sydney Roosters. So I think they will be a tier below sort of Penrith and Brisbane. But I think if all goes to plan, I think they are another team that can really give it a shake. The Shark is a bit of an enigma. Just can they win big games? I'm not convinced yet. The Raiders without Jack Wyden, I just don't think they can win a comp. I think that they, you know, they might be able to grit their way to a top eight finish once again. Uh, that seems to be the standard for the Raiders, but can't really see them giving it a shake, to be honest with you. Great question, Morgan. Uh, obviously, when we get squads and everything in closer to the season, uh, we'll be able to go a little bit more in depth on that. Our next one. Jacob Preston makes the Blues squad this year. Really good question. Uh, Jacob Preston obviously had a fantastic season this year. He was very impressive. I did think that towards the back end of the season, you could see uh, that the toll of first grade was catching up to him very, very quickly. And I think you can quite often find with back rowers that they really burst onto the scene. And then quite often they can have a little bit of a slower second year. Uh, it all sort of catches up on them. And sometimes you can see them have a little bit, bit of a dip. And then in like two or three years, they seem to peak back up again. 
again. I think like Nat Butcher had a little bit of a dip uh, at one point there. I think Britt Nicotta is a very, very good example. Burst out of the blocks, had a bit of a dip, and is now really finding his consistency. So I, I think that Jacob Preston has got the, the, the temperament. I think he's got the ability to be pl- in a State of Origin squad. I, I don't think he plays State of Origin football this year. I don't think he's quite at that level just yet. Uh, but uh, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me to see him maybe get a spot in a squad. Uh, he's obviously, well, f- from what I've seen, he seems to be a hard worker, a very good bloke as well. Uh, he's a bit of a toiler. He sort of had to go the hard way around. I do think that he will be someone um, that will really appeal to Michael Maguire, and it might be a good opportunity uh, for him to set you know, a new standard that, hey, this is what the Blues are about now. I don't care what your stats are. I don't care who the fuck you are. I want guys that are going to put their head where most wouldn't put their foot, and Jacob Preston, definitely one of those guys. So I do think he's a sniff to get into a squad and get a bit of experience, uh, but I, geez, I think it would take a lot of injuries and a lot of things uh, to fall the way of Jacob Preston for him to actually make his debut next year. Uh, but I think the fellow that asked this question, he's well aware of that. I think that's why he has specifically said Jacob Preston make the Blues squad this year. So yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if he is given an opportunity to go into Blues squad uh, and yeah, have a chance there. Obviously, you know, they'll, they'll be Phil Gould and, and these sort of guys that will be pumping up the tyres of Jacob Preston. Not that he really needs it because I think he's doing it with his gameplay anyway. Uh, but yeah, I do give him a sniff, Jacob Preston, to appear in a New South Wales Blues squad. You might see him getting around Coogee uh, and around the plaza down there 100%. Uh, the next one, the official Alex McManus. What's one signing that would complete Manly's backline? I think a centre like Tass. Uh, look, I'll be honest with you. I really like Manly's backline. Uh, I think that there is a lot of strike there, a lot of ability. Uh, you've obviously got the halfback. You don't have to change anything there. You've got the 5'8", in my opinion. I know a lot of people want to bag Luke Brooks and want to doubt him, but I think he'll be a good get for them, uh, especially when you have... A dominant ball player like Chez, I think Luke Brooks will do really well there. So for me, there's a tick in both those boxes there. Um, you then go a little bit deeper. Obviously, your wingers, Jason Saab is one of them. You got one of the fastest players in the competition there. Uh, might not, you know, do you know Brian T- oh, efforts out of his own end, but what he brings, you know, when given opportunities down that edge, especially considering it's the strike edge with Chez Olakawatu um, and Kola, I'm happy with Jason Saab out there. I think Ruben Garrick, he will play left side on the wing there. He's, you know, a fantastic winger, an unreal player. He could play center or wing. I don't, I don't really mind which position he plays. He'll cover one of those spots. I like Vega as well. He's got a lot of ability. I was very impressed with him. Sort of closer to that Brian Toto sort of mode. Very good coming out of his own end and a good finisher. Um, and then you got Kohler, who's at right center, who I absolutely love. Uh, is he is center his best position? Probably not, but I think when Turbo's fit, it is the best spot for Kohler to be. Turbo's obviously at fullback, so that ticks all your boxes there. Maybe you could sign another left center. Uh, but, geez, I thought Brad Parker has been really, really solid. And, look, it's all good and well to want another superstar there, another strike player. Uh, but the reality is that the salary cap doesn't allow you to have strike and stars in every single position. There are positions in your team that you have to make do with younger guys or with just guys that are going to do a job every single week. And I think center is one of those spots. You have a look at the way that Wayne Bennett has traditionally built his sides. He normally has one strike center and then one defensive center, and I think Brad Parker, he's sort of that defensive center, and Kohler, 
he sort of doubles as both. He's one of the best defensive centers in the competition, but he's got that X factor just to break a game open from absolutely anywhere. I do think that when you're playing down that left edge with like Brad Parker and Josh Schuster, who I assume will be the the left edge uh, back rower and center there, I do think it's very good how Brad Parker, I, I think people don't realize, but I know that when I was at um, the Parramatta v Manly game this year, was out on the field and was very close to these guys. Just the size of Brad Parker really impressed me. He's, he's 105 odd kilos, 193 centimeters, kind of looks like a back roll when, when you meet him in life. He's a big bit of gear, Brad Parker. So, I, I, I honestly, I, it, once again, it would be great to get, you know, all the stars in the world into your back line. But I really don't think the Manly back line is all that far off. I really like the guys they've got. I like Tui Pelotu, who's there. As a depth sort of guy, I really like him. KO Weeks, we're hearing he could probably leave. Um, so at, at the moment, when I go through my side there, you Vega and Tui Pilotu aren't in the side, who I think have both come in and done a really, really good job there. Uh, you've obviously got you know Ben Travojevic, who can also jump in the centers too, if need be. Uh, it's great to have a versatile guy like him in the squad. Uh, so yeah, look, oh, I don't think I don't have any huge problems with their side, to be completely honest with you. I think it's just about keeping them all on the field uh, and when you are going to invest so much money into you know having one of the best halfbacks and one of the best fullbacks in the game you do have to give a little elsewhere and I think that uh, to be running with Brad Parker and Kohler in the centers two very capable guys two very solid guys I think it's worth having one of the best halfbacks and arguably the best fullback in rugby league there so Man, I really don't know if there's anyone that I would go after too heavily. If you get an Isaiah Tass, would I play him over Brad Parker? Yeah, I probably would. Uh, but I don't think the jump is absolutely massive. I think people sleep on what Brad Parker does a little bit. And I think the other guys are very good. You can shift Ruben Garrick in there as well. Uh, so, look, if they were to go out and sign, you know, in, in a, you know, if they were to go out and get a guy like my boy from Cronulla, Ito, I'd be like, fuck, what a great signing. Maybe that's the sort of route that the Manly Seagulls could take. But personally, I think they're pretty happy with their squad. I think they're they're happy with their back line, uh, and I wouldn't be moving heaven and earth to make any huge changes there, to be completely honest with you, mate. Uh, let's move to our next one. Jack Forst. He says, thoughts on Corey Pakes being the answer to Parramatta's nine issues, quality and only 23 years old. Yeah, Corey Pakes is a very interesting one, and I mean, just the hooking position in general, the Broncos over the last year has been very interesting. Jake Turpin sort of had a mortgage on that jersey a couple of years ago. I actually grew to really like Jake Turpin, um, and then seemingly, just as they were comfortable with him, they showed him the door. He was let go. Uh, they moved in a different direction, which that different direction looked very hazy at that point. It was sort of Billy Walters. Uh, it was Corey Pakes, uh, Smoothie. These sort of guys. Just It was just hard to sort of get a read on what, where they were actually going. Uh, they let Jake Turpin go to the Roosters, which didn't make much sense to me. I thought Turpin was really, really good for the Roosters. Um and I would have kept him at nine. They obviously signed Brandon Smith. They wanted to play him at nine. And to be fair, towards the back end of the season, despite all my doubts, Brandon Smith played some tremendous footy uh, at hooker. And I was actually talking to Brandon Smith a couple of weeks ago, uh, and he mentioned just how good Jake Turpin was when he was out and, and how worried he was about getting that jersey back because Jake Turpin was playing great footy and how much of a tough footballer he is. So I really liked Jake Turpin. Didn't make much sense to me. I thought they started to get really comfortable with Corey Pakes. I thought he started to play some really good footy. And then I think it was just after Origin. Corey Pakes, I don't know what happened up there at the Broncos. I don't know if there was injury, if there was trouble there. I'm not too sure. But Tyson Smoothie came in, and to be fair, early I was watching Tyson Smoothie going, my God, how on earth are they picking this fella over Corey Pakes? By the end of the season, uh, I thought Smoothie played some really good footy, to be fair. Uh, but look, Corey Pakes, I think he's a very talented guy. I think Parramatta at the moment, they have a hooking issue. Obviously, they let Reid Marnie go. They signed Josh Hodgson. Uh, our worry all preseason was that, you know, he was 33 years old. Uh, he was injury prone. There was a 
lot of things to worry about there. Um, and, you know, unfortunately... It played out the way that we most sort of feared with Joshy Hodgson. Uh, so, yeah, look, the Parramatta, the Eels, they find themselves in a bit of a hole at the moment. Obviously, Lussick came back at the back end of the season. I personally do not believe he is the answer. I think Hands is one of the answers. Uh, but I think more and more so in the modern game, uh, you want to run with two hookers. I think it is the way to go. And I think especially if you've got dominant halves, which the Parramatta Eels do, I think a combination of Pakes um, and, of course, Hands, I think that would go down really well. So uh, is he the perfect answer? No, like obviously you'd rather have like an Api Curacao or one of these absolute superstar nines. But I think a combination of Hands and Pakes could do a good job, especially in a team with ball-dominant at halves, and that's exactly what Mitch Moses and Dill Brown are. You have a look at the Penrith Panthers over the last few years. Obviously, they had Appy. They transitioned their game a little bit. They tried to bring Sonny Luke in. He overplayed his hand a little bit. They just went back to Mitch Kenny and they said, okay, let's play our footy through our halves. That's where our strengths is. And I think what you'll find with hands as well is that he has got a little bit more ball playing in him uh, than what we've seen so far in his career. I think he has got a little bit more to offer, and I think you will see it as we move forward. So, for example, for Parramatta, I think a combo of Pakes in the 14 and Hands probably is the starting nine. I think it'll work really well. So a very good shout, one that I hadn't really thought of, if I'm being completely honest with you. Uh, our last question comes from Shansono. How do uh, – this is the question. It's not worded overly well. Uh, how do we compare the Panthers of 2020 to the Broncos of 2023? And look, it's really easy to say now because uh, the Panthers, they lost in 2020. Uh, they came back and won the last three premierships, and it's sort of like now everyone's very, oh, you got to lose one to win one. Look at the Panthers. And, you know, realistically – um, you know, people are using them as the example what they've done, uh, but still to this day, they are the exception, yeah, there's not many teams over the last 20 years who have lost to Grand Final and then go on to be wildly successful in the years to come a few have, there's no doubt about that uh, you obviously look at the Melbourne Storm, they lost their first Grand Final in 2006 uh, but then of course they were done for being over the salary cap after that so it hasn't really happened on too many occasions, um, you even have a look at you know, you go back to, um, you know, to, even if we start at, say, 2011 or 2010 or whatever, like Dragons, Manly, you know, they hadn't really lost grand finals with that specific squad to make them earn a premiership. Uh, you get to 12 as the Melbourne Storm. They've obviously been successful for quite some time. Uh, 13, Roosters came out of nowhere. 14, South Sydney hadn't been in a grand final. 15, Cowboys hadn't been in a grand final. 16, Sharkies hadn't been in a grand final. You could argue maybe the 16 side where the Melbourne Storm lost. Uh, they then came back and won in 2017. Maybe that's an example. The Roosters went back-to-back, hadn't like lost a grand final with that exact squad so I do think it is interesting though because I think that I think right now if if you would have said in 2020 you know do the Panthers go on to win three premierships I think you wouldn't have found a single person that would have said yes I know myself heading into 2021 uh, I was very worried whether this Panther side was going to be able to bounce back to be honest with you I feel more confident about the Broncos bouncing back than what I probably did about the Panthers back then because and you know it's so easy in hindsight and people laugh at that but I do remember in that pre is not really getting all that much pushback from people. Um, you had a look at the Panthers. They'd just gone all the way to the grand final. They'd, you know, they'd lost off experience. It was essentially because they were playing Cameron Smith. They lost that grand final. They then let James Tamo go. They then let Josh Mansell go. They're two most experienced players. So to me, I sort of went, fuck, where's that experience void going to come from? And, you know, in almost unseen situation, like we haven't really seen the rugby league before, all of a sudden these sub-26-year-olds just all of a sudden turned into fucking 30-year-olds. It was unbelievable uh, the amount of experience they took from that grand final loss. So, I mean, the Panthers have shown that it can be done. I 
think this Broncos squad, uh, they are primed for next season. They're going to be missing a couple of troops. I think Flegler, they're really going to miss him coming off the bench. I think that's going to be a huge loss for them. Uh, and, I, you know, I know he started in some games, but I think that, you know, you, obviously you're paying harsh. Paddy Carrigan's, they're very dominant for the first 20 minutes. I think that Flegler, you'll really start to notice the loss of him throughout games a little bit later into the contest. Um, I also think that losing uh, Paliasia on top of that, it's really going to be a double blow in their forward pack. So they're going to have to fill that void. Also, Herbie Farmworth is going to be a massive loss. There's no doubt about that whatsoever. Uh, but I'm hoping that Katoni Staggs can go away on this Kangaroos camp. Hopefully, he can return a different player, a different center, and really fill that void left by Herbie Farmworth, who was the strike center at the Brisbane Broncos this season. I think the experience of Adam Reynolds, you know, the star power of Reese Walsh, these sort of guys, Ezra Mam, uh, I think they have got a really nice balance at the moment, the Broncos. And, you know, they've been down the bottom. I think this is the, the Broncos' biggest advantage coming out of that grand final loss is that they've been at the bottom. They've won the wooden spoon a couple of years ago. Carrigan Haas, these sort of guys, they've been there for that. They've dug their way out of it. So I don't see the Broncos falling into a heap. I sort of said last year when Parramatta lost that grand final, it's going to be really interesting to see how much this grand final loss hurts them. They'd come so far. Everyone was so excited and realistically they didn't fire a shot in that grand final. I said in the preseason, I think they're every chance to drop down heavily or miss finals. Got a lot of pushback from Parramatta fans. Got called a hater, all this sort of bullshit. They did miss the eight. It had a big impact on them. Uh, it takes a lot out of the tank going all the way to a grand final. In saying that, I felt that way about Parramatta at the end of last season. Do I feel that way about the Broncos? No, I don't. I still think they will be a top four side. Uh, I think it is going to have an impact on them. I think they're really going to miss those key guys that they've lost. Going to be a huge test for Kevy Walters. But I don't think the Broncos completely implode and fall out of the top eight. Do they do what Penrith have done? I don't think so. I, don't th- I think that they, in the next three years, could win one comp maybe. I don't think they're going to be able to stack together three nor should they. Once again, the Penrith Panthers, they are the exception, not the example. But I do understand where you're coming from. I think there are a lot of similarities to that Panthers side of 2020 compared to the Broncos side of 2023. And I think there will be in the future a lot of teams, a lot of young teams that are compared to that Panthers side. Uh, And I think that as the longer history goes, the more we're going to realise just how special this Panthers side is and just how hard it is to go to a grand final, have heartbreak and then drop out. Uh, I also think when you have a look at that 2020 grand final, like, yes, heartbreaking for the Penrith Panthers, no doubt about it. But, mate, that heartbreak is nowhere near the level of what the Brisbane Broncos went through, like, respectfully to them. That grand final was won. Their fingerprints are on the trophy. Ezra Mam had a clive around his neck. And they get done by, honestly, probably the big, the best 20 minutes by a couple of individuals we've ever seen. In particular, Nate Cleary, but also Liotta, Jack Cogger, Stephen Crichton, these sort of guys. Uh, it really was heartbreaking stuff for the Broncos. So we'll see how they respond to it. I've heard Corey Parker talk about their 2015 grand final loss and how it just woke him up in the middle of the night sometimes, just completely fucking rattled by it. Do I think the Broncos will overcome? Yes, I do. I still think they're going to be a relevant and a top four team for the next few years. I think they will win a premiership in the next few seasons. Uh, I feel pretty confident about that. I think they've got a very, very good side there. But I think a lot of this also. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
relies on what happens to the Penrith Panthers. If the Penrith Panthers can keep this system together, which at the moment all signs say they will, it's going to be very hard to win a comp regardless how fucking good you are. And that's going to be the big test for the Broncos, I think. I'm pretty confident heading into next season that the Broncos, despite their losses, I still think they will be better than 13 or 14 teams in this competition quite safely, in my opinion. Uh, But are they going to be able to get into that top two again? I think the Roosters are going to rise again next season. But the reality is the Brisbane Broncos right now, they're not in the relevant business. They're they're in the premierships business, which is where the Broncos should be. And to get in the premierships business, you have to be in the top one. And my God, there's a good fucking team sitting in that number one spot at the moment. When I look at the Panthers compared to the Broncos, and I go, okay, who's losing more this season? You know what? I'd probably argue the Broncos are losing a little bit more. Losing Flegler, losing Herbie uh, is going to be massive. I also think Palacia has been tremendous for them coming off the bench. They've got a few key spots to fill. This is also a squad that hasn't really experienced this sort of success and then losing players as well. Whereas the Panthers, you know, they've been there. They've done it. Uh, they've known Stephen Crichton's going to leave for quite some time. They've been preparing Taylor and May for that role, in my opinion. Uh, they've got a lot of quality players that they can fill into those spots. Uh, obviously, Spencerlinu is going to be a big loss, but I think that uh, they can sort of jimmy a little bit with what they're doing with their front row rotation. Liotto and Fisher-Harris, they start every game at the moment. Maybe one comes off the bench. you got guys like Matty Eisenhuth, Paul Alamotti that they believe is going to play that role. Lindsay Smith will be better for the run. Had a pretty poor game in the grand final, I thought, but he'll be better for the run. Zach Hosking, he'll be better for the run this season as well. So, yeah, look, I, I think the Broncos are in a little bit of a tougher spot to back this up than what the Penrith Panthers are, to be completely honest with you. So we'll see how they go. But once again, guys, I don't think the Broncos fall into a heap. I still think they'll be a top four side next year, and I'm hoping that in three or four years we're going, geez, the 2020 Panthers if they wouldn't have lost in 2020, they wouldn't have won the next three and I hope we're talking about the Broncos as, geez, if they wouldn't have had their hearts broken in 2023 they wouldn't have had that same fire to come back and win in 24 or 25 or 26. I really do hope we're having that conversation because that would mean we are seeing some outstanding rugby league over the next few years. Thanks for sending in your question guys. We'll try and do a couple of more of these over the next few days. Uh, Remember, guys, my DMs are open during the off-season. I won't be as active. Uh, but if you have got any DMs, any questions you want to send that I can turn into podcasts, please, please flick them through at Rugby League Guru on Instagram. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 